You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Happy Monday to all of you. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, and we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the bulk of the show. Uh, also going to, of course, have to talk the NBA, all sorts of stuff going on there with the playoff, jockeying for position. This play-in game is causing all sorts of frantic reactions from players and teams around the league. We are on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Thank you for being here. Uh, please hit that subscribe button, you guys. I really appreciate seeing the subscription numbers go up and up and up. So for all of you that are subscribed, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please share the podcast. And for those that are not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Um, you can check the description below on any platform that you're on, and you can see the timing at which we hit different segments and topics, so you can get the content you want. So let's dive in. We're going to talk first off about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he wants out. He's now gone as far as saying that uh, if the GM, if the Packers GM, whose name I can't pronounce, I'm just not even going to bother, but if the Packers GM um, returns, Aaron Rodgers will not, meaning he's threatening to even retire. This guy is threatening to retire, Okay. So wins MVP, he's considered by many to be, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't think he is, um, but he's clearly one of the very best in the in the league right now, and he is one of the best of all time. But I actually firmly believe that the Packers are better off without him. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for them to get a king's ransom for him and trade him away. He's been a diva his whole career. And for over a decade now, he hasn't gotten you back to a Super Bowl. He won one Super Bowl a decade ago, and he hasn't gotten you back since. And so he's now 37. Like, what's why would he be better at 38, 39, 40 for these last three years of his contract than he has been for 30 through 37 or 28 through 37? He hasn't gotten you over the hump in the last decade. Why would he get over the hump now? He's been a diva. He's been drama. He's been difficult for teammates to get along with, difficult for coaches to get along with. Uh, he's hosting Jeopardy. He's fighting with his family publicly. He's just not been, to me, he's overrated. He's overrated. His talent is top notch, but his antics and all that comes with him, it's just not worth it. And he's old now and you can get so much for him. Teams will be lining up to, to give you all sorts of draft picks and players and things like that. And you just selected Jordan Love with your first round pick last year. You traded up in the draft. This is what caused all the issue, right? Green Bay, in last year's NFL draft, they trade up to to get a better better pick in the first round, and they end up drafting Jordan Love, who is a quarterback out of Utah State. And that just causes everyone to be like, oh, they're disrespecting Aaron Rodgers. He has no help. they got to surround him with better players. Well, let's just talk about that real quick, okay? This year, the... Packers' yards per game, total yards per game, was fifth in the league. Their passing yards per game was ninth in the league at 256 passing yards per game. That was ninth best in the NFL this last season. Their rushing attack, 123 yards per game, was eighth in the league. So their rushing attack was actually stronger compared to the rest of the league than their passing game with beloved Aaron Rodgers. Okay, So it looks like he's got a little bit of help there. Their defense in yards per game allowed was eighth in the league. So comparatively speaking to their passing game that Aaron Rodgers is so fantastic at, their 
their defense was ranked higher than their passing game. Their rushing attack was ranked higher than their passing game. Pro Football Focus has Green Bay's offensive line as the second best in the NFL. Number two, second best in the NFL. So this this notion that Aaron Rodgers has no help, this notion that Green Bay's done him dirty, is just wrong. I don't really entirely... Now, would I have selected Jordan Love with my first pick You know, in that draft? Probably not, because Aaron Rodgers is in his prime. Um, he's at the tail end of his prime, but he is in his prime. And I, I would have selected somebody else. But you know what? Then I look at but like the divaness that he brings, the drama that he brings. He's never happy. He's he's the guy that's always pointing fingers and blaming somebody else. Every time there's an incomplete pass or he makes a mistake, it's somebody else's fault. I just don't view him as this like great leader. And so I don't really blame the Green Bay Packers for drafting Jordan Love. They're like, you know what? This guy's a diva. He's 37. He hasn't been able to get us back to a Super Bowl in 10 years. He only got us to one in the first place anyway. We've got the number two offensive line in the entire league. We have the eighth best rushing attack in the entire league. We've got the eighth best defense in the entire league. If he's so transcendently great, why can't he get us to a Super Bowl? Let's get another quarterback. He's getting old. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for doing that. And everybody in the media, everybody, all these fanboys, they're all saying the opposite. They're all saying Green Bay's done for. Green Bay's so stupid. I can't believe they did this and that and the other. What has Aaron Rodgers done? What has Aaron Rodgers done? Yeah, he's he's racked up some stats. He's got some MVPs. I get it. Nobody's denying that he's a generational talent. But talent is different than the entire package of leadership and ability to just get it done. And when it comes down to it, you just look at the results. Aaron Rodgers has not been able to even get back to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. And he absolutely has had help. He has. He has the eighth best defense in the NFL, the eighth best rushing attack in the NFL, and the second best offensive line in the NFL. What more do you need? Do they have to be number one in every category for him to be able to shine? If so, he's not really that great, is he? So I don't blame the Packers for picking up Jordan Love entirely. Wasn't the smartest move in the world. But again, when you think to all the drama that he has, to to the fact that he can't get along with players or coaches or anyone really, it's like, do we really need to, you know, let, let him go host Jeopardy, you know? And right now, Green Bay, you can get so much for him. You can, you can, you, teams will line up to get Aaron Rodgers and they should, because here's the thing. This doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers has to be this way with his next team. And this doesn't mean that Green Bay has to suck. You know, a lot of people are calling this a divorce. I don't like to call it a divorce. That's too, they were never married, right? They were in a relationship. They were dating. That's how careers actually work. This is a breakup. This is not a divorce. This is a breakup. And breakups aren't that big of a deal. Just because it didn't work out with one person doesn't mean it won't work out with the next. And so they should break up. They should break up. I think it'll be better for both parties. Aaron Rodgers gets a fresh start for the final three years of his career, likely the final three years of his career. And Green Bay gets to play the guy they drafted, they traded up to draft last season. And they've got the They've got the offensive line. They've got the rushing attack. And he's had great receivers. Jordy Nelson uh, is is a fantastic receiver. Devontae Adams is one of the all-time, well, not one of the all-time greats yet, but he's one of the greatest right now. Randall Cobb was a great receiver. And so he's, he's had weapons. Like, he's had plenty of weapons. And Jordan Love will have all of that now. He'll have those weapons. He'll have that offensive line. He'll have that defense. He'll have that rushing attack. He'll have Devontae Adams. Let's try it. He had a year under Aaron Rodgers, arguably one of the greatest to ever play the game. He's had a year to watch him and to learn the playbook and to learn the NFL game. You have nothing to lose by starting that guy now, seeing what you really have when you trade it up to get him. Try it out. See what you've got. And in the meantime, 
get a whole haul of picks in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. Fill in gaps that you need with other players that you that you could trade Aaron Rodgers for because teams would there's reports out there that he's going to end up in Denver. We'll see if that happens. But um, there's also reports that San Francisco offered Jimmy Garoppolo their number three pick and other players. That's the type of haul that Green Bay can get if they trade Aaron Rodgers. To me, they have absolutely zero to lose by trading him. Maybe he goes to another team and does get a Super Bowl. But again, this is a breakup. It just meant it didn't work with them. And I don't think it's going to. I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers on another team next year. The Green Bay Packers should cash in while they can because he's worth a lot right now. And he really only has a couple years left to be worth this. So cash in while you can. He's been difficult for you guys for years. Just move on. It's time to cut your losses and move on. That's what I would do if I was Green Bay. Uh, one of our very loyal listeners, David B., he's a Green Bay Packer fan. He actually messaged in, and you guys can do this too if you check the link in the description. There's actually a spot that you can send in a voice message, and I'll play it here on the podcast. Um, and David B. did that. He's a Packers fan, and here's what he had to say. Hey, Sean. Uh, fellow sports fanatic here and Packers fan. And here's my take. I don't know if trading Aaron Rodgers is the best move necessarily. And the only thing that kind of has me hanging on to Aaron is because of his cap hit, the $37 million cap hit to trade him. And also, we haven't seen much from Jordan Love. You know, no snaps because of COVID. But here's another question. If you were the GM, Brian Gutekunst, and you had to trade Aaron Rodgers. What would you, what would you want, and what would, what do you think the Packers can get? Um, because of his age, he's thirty eight. I don't know if we could get that many picks or a player. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Awesome, thank you, David. Very intelligent take here by David B. So thank you for sending that in. Um, okay, a couple things there. First off, thank you for pronouncing the GM's name, Brian. I forgot already. Gutenkunst. I'm trying my best here, David. Um, Difficult for me to pronounce his last name, but yeah. So what would you want? Well, actually, let's start with this, the cap hit, because that was the main concern, right? So Aaron Rodgers, if traded before, I looked this up um, to make sure I had it all right. There is a 37.2. So he's due in the in the, the next three years, he's due 37.2 million this coming season, 39.8 million the next season, and then 28.3 million in 2023. Um, the Packers would have a dead cap hit of $31.5 million if they trade him before June 1st. So the chances of him getting traded in the next four weeks are probably 0%. Um, after June 1st, that number drops down to $14.3 million. That's a much more easy-to-swallow number, I guess. Uh, it's still $14 million bucks, you know, to people like you and me. That's just, you know, hopefully we'll make that in our lifetime, right? But to an NFL franchise worth billions of dollars, that's a cap hit that they can swallow, especially if they go get a King's Ransom in draft picks and other players you know, to fill the gap. So I do think um, that, that the cap hit is a big deal for this next few weeks. But after June 1st, I think that actually goes down quite a bit because it saves them about 20 million, about 18 million bucks uh, to wait until then to do it. So I think you'll see them wait for the next few weeks, David. And then I think, and I'm sure in these next few weeks, they're going to try their hardest to mend fences and make things right with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's now saying he's going to retire if the GM you know, comes back, which then it's like, well, if you're the owner, do you fire the GM? Maybe you might see Brian 
Gudenkunst, if, if again, I sorry if I'm butchering his name, you might see him get fired here in the next few weeks because Rogers is saying it's me or him. And personally, that's the attitude I just don't like out of my star quarterback. You're supposed to be the leader and you're now like calling for another man's job. It's like, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's, he's openly had issues with his own immediate family. And, you know, it's a shame that that's the world we live in, that if you're a celebrity, we have to know all your personal business, but we do like it's his brother was on the bachelor and it's very, very out there in the open. There's stories and articles and videos, interviews everywhere. Aaron Rodgers does not get along with his own family. Okay. Um, he doesn't get along with players frequently. He's always finger pointing, blaming others, things like that. Doesn't get along with management. Didn't get along with his coaches. There was all sorts of reports with him and Mike McCarthy always butting heads. Who does this guy get along with? Who does Aaron Rodgers get along with? And so if I'm Green Bay, if I'm, if I'm, you know, ownership, if I'm, you know, and they're, they're an interesting team because I actually don't know how their ownership works because they're like a, they're like a publicly traded team almost, you know, they're owned by multiple people. But if I'm, if I'm the Packers, I don't think I fire our GM. I don't think I fire him because it sends a message that I just don't think you want to send. And it has you, it makes you keep a guy who's, who's already aging. He's only got a few years left tops three, these three years, I think before you see Aaron Rodgers just really, really sharply decline. And, and it hasn't worked. You've got a decade plus of showing that it doesn't work to reach your ultimate goal. Meanwhile, you did all this work to get Jordan love. Let's try him. And yeah, you're right, David. We haven't seen any snaps out of Jordan Love um, on the field as fans, but the coaches have seen him for a year in practice. They know what he can do and what he can't. Um, hopefully, for their sake, they're right in having drafted him as high as they did. But you got nothing to lose by trying. And right now, every every year that passes, I mean, between now and June 1st, no different, really no difference. But if you wait clear till next season or the middle of this next season, what if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? What if he sucks? What if he? What if his? What if Father Time finally hits him and he declines? Right now, he's worth a lot. Every team wants a star franchise quarterback, and even as a Washington football team fan, I would love it if Aaron Rodgers came to play for the Washington football team. We have the sixth-rated offensive line, so barely, barely worse than what he's had in Green Bay. But we just improved it with second-round pick uh, Samuel Cosme. So we got a little bit better at our offensive line. I think you could see us improve from sixth rated to, you know, maybe fourth or fifth with that pickup. We have the number two defense in the entire NFL, and that really got strengthened. Um, we improved it even more by picking up first round inside linebacker Jamin Davis and third round pick cornerback Benjamin St. Just. We, so we've got a stellar defense to back him up. We've got a stellar offensive line to protect him. And then we have weapons. We have Terry McLaurin, who's a young, speedy, deep threat at receiver. Uh, we just picked up another receiver in the fourth round, a stud out of North Carolina, uh, Dayami Brown. And I watched some highlights of this kid, and he can run. He has fantastic footwork, runs great routes. So to me, the Washington football team, we have a very uh, player-friendly coach in Ron Rivera. To me, the Washington football team has taken an interesting approach, which I really like, and that is they've kind of said, you know what, we're done with these crapshoot first-round quarterbacks because two-thirds of them are total busts. It's you, you, you've you mortgaged the entire franchise to get this one guy out of college, hoping and praying that somehow he's Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck or whoever. And most of the time, you're wrong. Most of the time, you're wrong. And so Washington's just said, you know what? We can. It is very predictable, very evaluatable, you know, to pick a defensive guy, to pick cornerbacks, to pick receivers, uh, to pick offensive linemen, to pick edge rushers. Those things, those positions are much more 
easily evaluated at the college level and to, to see how it'll translate to the pro game. And Washington's done a fantastic job over the last few years of stacking their defense with just all sorts of insane talent, stacking their offensive line with all sorts of talent. Uh, they've got some great skill players that we just mentioned. And they've just said, you know what? We're kind of done trying to go for a quarterback. It didn't work out with RG3. It didn't work out with Dwayne Haskins. Let's just go a different route. Let's try and make us the team that is desirable to a guy like an Aaron Rodgers. Just like Tom Brady went to uh, Tampa Bay because they had a stout offensive line, they had a stout defense, and they had some good weapons for him to throw the ball to. Washington football team is right there. And they had a player-friendly coach, which he wanted, especially as he gets older. You know, like these guys get older and they don't want to your coach is almost like a peer at this point. And Aaron Rodgers definitely views himself in that light. I think that he should really consider Washington. There's reports that he wants to play in San Francisco or potentially in Vegas. Then there's reports that it's a done deal with Denver. And so who knows where he's going to end up? You know, maybe he retires. Maybe he swallows his pride and goes back to Green Bay. I don't really know. But if I'm the Packers, I don't want him anymore. You know, adios and best of luck to you. Let's break up, you know, and the Packers get a fresh start. Aaron Rodgers gets a fresh start. And there's a good chance he does go to a team and win a Super Bowl because he has this fresh start. And that doesn't mean the Packers lost in the breakup. That doesn't mean they lost the deal because they got great years out of him. They filled seats. They had great ratings. They sold a million jerseys. They won at least one Super Bowl. They went to playoff games. It was a success. It was a success. And now you get a fresh start with a new guy, Jordan Love. See how, see what he can do. And you get a ton of picks. If you wait till Aaron Rodgers retires, you get nothing. You get absolutely nothing. And again, you've already given it a chance. Take what you can get right now, which right now is a whole heck of a lot. You could probably get two first rounders for Aaron Rodgers. And if I was them, I would do it. And Aaron Rodgers should consider someone like the Washington football team. Tom Brady just did it with Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl in year one. Peyton Manning did it with Denver Broncos. Same scenario. He chose great offensive line, great defense. Those are the two things a quarterback needs most to be successful because there's a lot of guys out there that can catch the ball. And there's a lot of running backs that can look pretty good if the offensive line is awesome. And so if the offensive line is awesome and the defense is awesome, you got a really, really good chance at succeeding if you're a good quarterback. And so I think he should go somewhere. Peyton Manning did it late in his career, won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady did it late in his career, won a Super Bowl. I don't see why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't do this. Um, and I think the Packers should give him that chance and get a whole heck of a lot back in return for him. So that is my take on uh, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. We're going to move now to the NBA. Um, the Nets lost two games over the weekend. The Lakers lost two games over the weekend. And the Nets, the first one I had to mention is the Nets lose without uh, Durant and Harden playing again, but Kyrie played by himself again. So again, Kyrie by himself has proven to just not get it done. Uh, he's not that guy. But then KD came back yesterday against the Bucks. I watched the whole game. It was incredible. Um, it was just the Durant and Giannis show, and it was such a good basketball game. Both score 40 plus. I think it was 49 for Giannis and 42 for Durant, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the Bucks barely get the win, and they play again tomorrow night. Great game, um, but the Bucks get the win. So um, the... And Durant, oh my gosh, how good is that guy? Uh, in, in fact, he got, so So Giannis blocked, I got to make note of this, Giannis blocked uh, Durant's shot. And I had, you know, I've obviously had a podcast just last week about how nobody can block Durant's shot. And right when it happened, I had a, a friend of mine text me and he's like, oh, I thought you said nobody could block his shot. And I said, honestly, Giannis is the only guy in the league that could do that to Kevin Durant because he is very quick and he is very long to be able to keep up and have the size with Kevin Durant. 
That's why Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year last year is because of stuff like that. He's quick and he's long, and so he's the one singular guy in the league that actually could block Kevin Durant's shot, and he did. It was a pretty crucial block down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Um, the Lakers, they lose two games, both games with LeBron James back. He came back on Friday, didn't look so great, they lose. He comes back again tomorrow or yesterday, doesn't look so great, they lose. So they never lost two straight. He's now on record saying that whoever... Um, whoever came up with the play-in game idea should be fired, which is hilarious because he's only saying that because his team keeps falling down into that scenario. So if you're so good and you're so great, don't worry about it. Just go win that first game, and it doesn't really matter. Right? It's one extra game uh, as a punishment for for sucking, right? So, um, and interesting thing, the first game they had back on Friday, LeBron settled for a step-back three at the buzzer to win the game, and of course he missed it. And I just got to say, I hate that. Why are you not driving the ball? You are six foot nine, 250 pounds. You can drive as good as anybody in the history of the league, and you're going to settle for a step back three that's a very low percentage shot for you. Anybody can get a step back three off. I could maybe get a step back three off. Like, that's what they want you to take. That's what the defense is begging you to take. I don't see why so many guys, and it's not just LeBron, you see this all the time. They settle for this step back three. That's the easy shot. That's the, that, I, I mean, I just don't get it. Drive to the hoop. Make them defend you. Make them foul you. Um, you have such a higher percentage chance, in my opinion, of winning, especially if you're just going hard at the hoop, just, you know, like a freaking bulldozer. He didn't do it. Um, and had he, he probably would have gotten fouled. And I think he's scared to death of that free throw line late in game. So didn't do it. Um, he did have an interesting quote as well after that game on Friday. He said, it's impossible when asked if he'd be Back to when he thought he'd be back to 100%. He said, it's impossible. I don't think I will ever get back to 100% in my career. Very interesting quote by LeBron James. Is he's trying to set himself up for an excuse to not be great anymore? Uh, I don't see the point in saying that. It can't bode well for uh, Laker fans, Laker management, teammates. It's like, it feels like, you know, that preemptive excuse for failure. That's what it feels like. And LeBron's very calculated, uh, very concerned with what other people think of him. So hated that quote. Um, but yeah, we'll see what the Lakers do. Again, the scenario right now for the Utah Jazz, they lose to the Suns on Friday. I knew they'd lose, especially when it was reported that Conley wasn't playing either. On the road without Mike Conley and without Donovan Mitchell against a, a fully healthy Suns team, we really didn't have a chance. And that was the case. The game was over in the first quarter and the Suns never looked back. So we're now tied with the Suns in record and win percentage. But again, they swept us. They swept the Jazz 3-0 and in the regular season. So they own the tiebreaker. Um, and they're in first place. But they have a more difficult schedule remaining than the Utah Jazz. They have more road games than the Utah Jazz. So I do think you'll see the Jazz finish one game ahead of Phoenix and secure that that one seed. We do need Donovan Mitchell back as soon as possible because we really do want that one seed. Because right now, exactly what I laid out on Friday is happening. The Clippers are in third place. The Lakers are in sixth place. The Jazz are right there for first place. If it can end that way... And the Suns would be in second place. If it can end that way, you'd have to have the Suns, the Clippers, and the Lakers all fight each other to reach the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals, and the Jazz will have home court advantage. There's only like eight games left, nine games left, depending on the team. And the stars are truly aligning for the Utah Jazz. If we can just get a, a, a truly healthy Donovan Mitchell back, you don't want to rush it because you can't afford to have him get hurt again because then you're really hosed in the playoffs. You'd rather just give up the one seed and have him healthy for the playoffs than 
rush him back for the one seed and then have him get hurt. So hopefully he can get back and play at least a handful of games at the end so that we can secure that one seed. Because if the Jazz can secure the one seed, I really truly believe it will it will mean a Western Conference Finals berth with home court advantage against a team who will have had to have gone through either the Clippers and the Lakers or the Suns and the Lakers or the Suns and the Clippers. Like one of those three teams will reach, but they will have had to go through the two of the, the other three best teams in the in the conference. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, other things I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, I need to mention the the, the draft. Um, the draft finished up, obviously. Ron Meeker had predicted that the, he was my guest on Thursday morning, he had predicted that the uh, 49ers were going to take Justin Fields and they had no interest in Mac Jones when the whole world was screaming Mac Jones. Well, guess what? They take Trey Lance, but there's a report that came out that says that Lance and Fields were San Francisco's focus after they traded up for number three. So he was right. From the very beginning, when they traded for number three, they knew that the only two guys they were interested in were Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And they ended up taking Trey Lance. I think it was a good pick, but um, kudos to Ron Meeker. That was pretty cool. He's the STB Sports Take NFL insider. Okay, last thing. I was thinking about saving this. Oh, one more thing. I love that uh, in the second round, the Jets went and took Elijah Moore um, at wide receiver. So the Jets take Zach Wilson. They trade up in the first round to secure Elijah Vera Tucker, a star offensive lineman which some people think was a little bit of a stretch. I was talking to a friend yesterday who felt like it was a stretch. I personally really like the move because it it sends a message. Not only is he a really solid player and and will probably be a, an all-pro offensive lineman, but it sends a very clear message to your fan base and to the guy you just put your all your stock into, your star quarterback, hopefully star quarterback. We got your back, literally and figuratively. And then in the second round, they go and get a stud receiver in Elijah Moore, giving him another weapon. They're just saying, look, we're we're going to give you all the confidence in the world. And here's the conversation I had with my friend yesterday. Even if the defense goes and gives up 40 points a night and the Jets have a horrible season because of, you know defensively they suck, if your quarterback isn't getting sacked all the time, isn't running around like a chicken with his head cut off because he's running from defenders and ends up throwing a bunch of picks and just looks really bad, if you can avoid that, his confidence is going to rise and rise and rise. And that confidence is so critical at a young for a young quarterback. That confidence is so, so critical. And so I love that the Jets said, you know what? We're going to invest even more into Zach Wilson by giving him more protection and another weapon with our first, second, third picks. They went Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. And I loved it. So, okay, last thing, which I thought about saving for another day, but we'll see. Um, I'll just do it now. Uh, Dennis Rodman did a little interview podcast. I don't know what it was, but he said about LeBron James, his game is too simple. He's just big. Scottie Pippen would shut his bleeping bleep down quick before I get to him, would shut his butt down, we'll say, before I get to him. He don't have any moves. That was what Dennis Rodman said on whether or not he personally could lock down LeBron James. He's like, nah. I wouldn't even be guarding him because Scottie Pippen would shut him down, shut him down before I had to. So no love for LeBron James from Dennis Rodman. Nice hot take. Get gets Dennis Rodman back in the spotlight. I personally, I do believe Scottie Pippen is arguably the greatest on-ball defender the league has ever seen. Very quick, very long, very athletic. Had great instincts, and he is right. LeBron doesn't have a ton of moves, but the dude is a freak athlete like we've never seen. He can jump out of the gym. He's quick as a cat. 
He's fast. He's got good enough handles. He's got a good enough post-up move. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades offensively. He can do a little bit, of, a little bit of everything. And nobody in today's league or in the league for the last 18 years has been able to stop him. So I got to say, I'm going to call a little bit of BS on that. I don't think Scottie Pippen would shut him down. Would he slow him down a little bit? Yeah, but LeBron's too great to be shut down. That is the podcast for today, you guys. I will see you later. I am out. Peace. We got the same. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are-